Hello and welcome to the Kid Packers, the podcast where we do care about the Green Bay Packers. And we don't care about anything else. Let's go. Alright, hello and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. Today, on this fine Sunday afternoon, we will first discuss some of the news around Packers training camp, which is about to kick off, and then we are going to be talking about the wide receivers and tight ends, looking at that, looking at training camp storylines there, just a general roster overview for those two positions. So, first... Like I said, I'm going to discuss the PUP list additions real quickly. The PUP list, that's for people who are physically unable to perform. That's what PUP stands for. So the players placed on that list on Friday, Christian Watson, Robert Tunyon, Elton Jenkins, Mason Crosby, Dean Lowry, Kylan Hill, Hautwai Petuatau, sorry if I totally butchered that, which I most likely did, Randy Ramsey, and Patrick Taylor. A lot of these additions are most likely temporary, so unlike during the season, uh, in training camp, anyone can be taken off the PUP list at any time, but once they've been taken off and practiced, they cannot be put back on. So the Elton Jenkins, Robert Tunyon, and Kylan Hill additions to the PUP list were pretty much expected. All three of those guys are coming off of ACL tears, and so... I expect them to start training camp on the PUP. Hopefully, maybe Tunyon and Hill do not start the season on PUP. I would probably guess that Elton will start the season on PUP, but we'll see. There, Randy Ramsey, he is also an expected addition to the PUP simply because he broke his ankle and missed all of last year. But then you have guys that weren't so expected, like Dean Lowry and Mason Crosby. Those injuries are probably not long-term issues. You get guys going on PUP just to make sure they're safe, just to make sure they're healthy, and usually this happens when they work out on their own and just happen to, you know, sustain a minor injury. Then Christian Watson, that is probably the most surprising on this list, but it has been reported by multiple sources at this point that Watson's injury is very short-term and a total non-concern, so that's very nice. A couple of guys were also placed on the non-football-related injury list. Those guys include Rasheed Walker, but that's also probably not so concerning. However, on Saturday, more concerning news came, and that is that it was broken. The news was by Field Yates, I believe, trying to give credit where credit's due. The news was that Bakhtiari was placed on the PUP list, and now you guys probably know what that means based on how I've talked about the situation, but here's my attempt at spinning this in the most positive way possible. Okay, the first scenario is that Bakhtiari was placed on the PUP list for a totally non-ACL-related injury. Maybe he sustained a very minor injury to his elbow and they just want to be safe, and something like that happened. Probably not what happened, simply because that would have been reported, most likely, but who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the case. The other Scenario is that the Packers are just being very cautious, and this is far more likely to me because the Packers tend to be very cautious, often to the, to the you know, chagrin of players. They tend not to play people unless they're 100%, so that might be why Bakhtiari was placed 
on the PUP list. I would really, really hope that's the reason. But if that was not the reason, this is slightly more concerning. Now, Aaron Nagler, he talked with Bakhtiari and got an interview for Cheesehead TV. That interview was absolutely fantastic. You guys should all go check it out. But the takeaways from that interview. Number one, the best takeaway is that Bakhtiari's knee is totally structurally sound. There's no issues there. That is very, very good. Bakhtiari said, quote, structurally, I'm good. I know it's fine. That's why no one ever saw me with a knee brace. There's no mental hurdle I'm trying to get over. It's just, can the effing thing work? The issue, however, that Bakhtiari mentioned was that throughout the season, he struggled with having too much fluid in his knee. Uh, I'm not a medical professional, obviously, so I don't exactly know what this is, but Bakhtiari mentioned Brian Bulaga sitting around 20 to 30 cc's of fluid, and Bakhtiari is a slightly bigger guy, so he wants a little bit more in his knee, or he doesn't want, but he has a little bit more in his knee, but then through the ACL injury, he was getting incredible amounts of fluid. He was up to 90 cc's at one point, and so what Bakhtiari said about that is that it makes it feel like he has a water balloon in his knee, and as you can imagine, that's extremely uncomfortable. Bakhtiari said there's fluid squirting places, and so what ended up happening was Bakhtiari, you know, he got some cleanup surgery, um, which made his knee feel better, but then that cleaned up some other issues around the knee, but the fluid issue still remained. So now I'm left wondering if the fluid is still bothering him, even though Bakhtiari in the interview said, quote, it's just my knee needing to rest. So, you know, I refuse to panic just yet about all this, but this is kind of getting scary here. I really hope that Bakhtiari can come off the PUP. So let's let's just hope he comes off in a couple weeks. If he doesn't, Mm, this could be this could be an issue because for the rest of his career he might just have to play with this uncomfortable fluid thing in his knee I don't know again I'm not a doctor I don't know how this works but that would really suck if that injury is that debilitating so with that we're going to move on to the wide receiver and tight ends preview hopefully that's a little bit more upbeat hopefully Bakhtiari comes off the PUP at wide receiver. Now, the wide receiver room is the talk of the town for both Packers fans and the national media, right? The national media, especially, they like to spin the Packers receiver room as a massive, massive disadvantage, something that the Packers might not be able to overcome, and a reason that they might not be able to function very well on offense. I'm sorry, sorry to burst all your bubble in the media who are saying that, but that just isn't the way the Packers offense works, right? It is true, that you don't have Devontae Adams' go-to security blanket guy who's going to make all the plays in the playbook. But Matt LaFleur can get guys open, Rodgers can throw guys open, and the Packers can transition to more of a running team, which is why I don't think the loss of Devontae is going to greatly limit what the Packers can do on offense. Now, with all that being said, that might not be necessary because the wide receiver core isn't actually that bad. It's not as bad as a lot of people would have you to believe. There's just more potential than production at the current moment. So, I mean, that's an Aaron Rodgers saying, but hopefully you're going to get some of that potential turning into production with these rookies. So, guys who are basically locks to make the wide receiver room to, to make it on the 53, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and Christian Watson. Randall Cobb, yeah. He was a go-to guy 
last year for a couple games, and when you watch those games, those games being the Steelers game, the Rams game, or the Cardinals game, you can really see how useful Cobby is. He can catch shallow passes. You know, in the Rams game, he was getting some swing passes, some angle routes of the backfield, and he took those, took one in for a touchdown, took one upfield for 20 yards or so. He can also run some pretty good short routes. He had him on some outs, scoring touchdowns against the Cardinals and Steelers. And then most importantly, he has Aaron Rodgers' trust, right? I think Cobb can be a can be a weapon in this offense as long as he stays on the field. Then Alan Lazard, this is a guy who has garnered a bunch of praise for his blocking, and now I expect Lazard to get praise for both his blocking and receiving. Last year, he really showed the type of receiver he can be in a stretch that went from the Rams game all the way to the Week 18 game against the Lions, where Lazard was basically catching everything, and he was still blocking the living crap out of people. So that stretch there, if you want to go watch what... Lazard could potentially be like in 2022 that's maybe a stretch you want to focus on um, and then the last guy Christian Watson this is a guy with all the potential in the world I think that Watson's talent and the fact that the Packers selected him 34th overall is basically enough to secure him a roster spot right the Packers have invested greatly in this guy they're going to put him on the field next year they're going to want to give him a chance to produce now that might not mean he's going to have a Justin Jefferson level rookie season, right? Because even if he's that talented, I just see his career arc looking more like Rashawn Gary, where he comes on, you know, maybe later in the year. He'll probably show out sooner than Rashawn Gary did because he's not stuck behind receivers at the level that Zadarius and Preston were. But I think I think early on you won't see Watch and make a ton of receiving plays. You might see him get the ball in his hands, make some plays there. But overall, he'll get a roster spot just because of his pure talent and draft status. Then you probably have about three roster spots left at receiver, and I think another spot's going to go to Romeo Dubs. Right, he is the Packers' first fourth round pick out of Nevada, and I broke down Dubs in an earlier episode along with Samari Toure. Go check that one out. But overall. I'm very, very excited for what Dubs could bring, right? He has speeds for days, he can return punts, he has good hands, and all of that means I, I'm I'm really looking forward to what he could bring to this offense. He has the ability to go up and get footballs, and I just think that if he gets, if he gets targets, he can be just as good as Watson this year. I'm really excited to watch him. Be excited for Romeo Dubs, but that's going to leave two spots left, and here is really where the battle begins. Danny Davis, Samari Toure, Malik Taylor, Jawan Murphy, and Sammy Watkins are all the leftover receivers competing for those spots. I think Sammy Watkins is probably going to take one of those spots. You know, you just consider and look at the praise he got from Aaron Rodgers. I am I I think that's going to be enough to get him a roster spot. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing, and I'm excited to see what that translates to in the Packers offense. Of course, he was a very high former draft pick, and he still has a bunch of talent, which was really nicely released with uh, Kansas City in the playoffs, especially during their 2019 Super Bowl run where he absolutely toasted Richard Sermon, then, by the way, credited Devontae Adams for that route uh, that set up the go-ahead touchdown. Sure. Okay, Watson Watkins, pardon me, was not so productive in Baltimore last year, but that was a not-so-friendly pass offense. I think he could really, really, really show out this year. If he stays healthy, he understands he needs to stay healthy, 
and if he can, I'm looking forward to what he can do. So I think he's going to take a roster spot there now. However, it gets interesting. Honestly, I think Amari Rodgers is going to take that last spot, even though Packers fans seem to already hate him um, just because of his lackluster performance last year in the very few snaps that he got, keep in mind. But his status as a third-round pick and his incredible potential should be enough to win him that spot. However, you will have Malik Taylor, Juwan Renfri, and even Samari Toure putting up quite the fight. I really don't think Danny Davis is going to put up much of a fight, but those three guys, Taylor, Winfrey, and Toure, we'll see We'll see how, how they perform in training camp. That's going to be something to look for. Malik Taylor, he is a physical guy, but I just can't see him making the roster because nothing he does is something that other guys like a Lazard, Watson, or Watkins aren't capable of. Winfrey. He really showed out last camp before his injury, and I think he can put up a fight with Amari if he plays like he did last year in camp for the entirety of training camp. So he is the guy that I would give the best chance of making the sixth spot out of Davis, Toure, Taylor, and of course himself. Then Samari Toure, he did get some praise in the earlier offseason programs, but I think he would really need to show some talent because he's a late-round pick. The Packers don't have much invested in him. So I think I think he probably won't make the roster. And honestly, the last wide receiver might just be a special teams pick by Basaccia. He might say, this guy is more willing to play teams if Amari refuses to play teams unless he can return punts, which I don't see him doing. And Winfrey is willing to go all out on teams. Winfrey might make the roster, but I don't see Amari refusing like that. I think Amari's going to make that last spot. But that being said, watch those five and six receiver spots. See how Winfrey, Taylor, Rogers, and Watkins are all performing. Maybe even watch how Toure is performing. See if he comes out and shocks people. That's what to look for at the wide receiver position. Then at tight end, you got Tunyon on PUP, and I'm just going to assume that he is not going to be pulled off prior to week one. If he is, that's great. He is a lock for the roster in that case, and then you only have three more guys to put on. But I, I'm i just going to assume he is, he is uh, he's not pulled off the PUP prior to week one. So, he isn't. Then two guys that I totally, totally expect to be locked onto the roster. Mercedes Lewis is the first one. Big dog. That is a man who makes a player two every game. He's a phenomenal veteran to have. He has ties all over the Packers. There's no way he doesn't make the roster. And then Josiah DeGuara, yes. DeGuara had a drop last year. And he wasn't a great, great standout guy. But I really like what he could bring. I think people just need to remember he was coming off an ACL injury last year. And I'm higher on DeGuara than most simply because I haven't seen anything from him that showed me he can't be a guy in the NFL. Seems like he has all the talent that he needs to be a good good tight end. Then... I think you'll probably see one more spot occupied if Tunyon makes it, and that would be by Tyler Davis. He showed out last year, especially in Baltimore, um, and, I mean, showed out relative to what people expected from him. And so I think you can slot him in without too much hesitation, and that would pretty much wrap in the tight end spot if Tunyon makes it. However, if he doesn't, you got a couple more guys that might take a four spot. Maybe the Packers only keep three, but Sal Canella and Dominique Daphne, they 
could both be competing for the last spot again if Tunyon doesn't make it. I think Again, this spot probably comes down to a special teams pick where Daphne, he has really, really showed out on special teams, so maybe they'll allot that last spot to him. But watch watch how Daphne's performing, watch how Sal Canella's performing, probably don't expect much from him, and then watch how Tyler Davis is performing. Maybe Davis really, really, really doesn't perform up to standards, in which case you get Daphne in, but just just look at how look at how that all that's going monitor tunyon reports have been that he is feeling good so hopefully he can come back but that is all i have for you today i will be back on wednesday to discuss the edge rushers and defensive line of the green bay packers but as always thank you very very much for listening to dedicated packers and until next time go pack go